What is the best display of 2023? Who had the best technical support? Was the best project that won white spot on the MSG sphere? Probably the whole thing, now that I say that. You are the one who will decide that. The polls are open for the AV Nation Reader's Choice Awards for 2023. Follow the link and tell us who you think deserves to be recognized. CES 2024 is here, so what should integrators be keeping tabs on during the show? We've also got Josh AI's top 10 commands for 2023. All that and more coming up on Resi Week. This is Resi Week, episode 413. I want that! This is Resi Week, your weekly wrap-up of the biggest stories for the residential side of the AV industry. I am your host, Mitchell Tulin. I'm not Matt Scott. This is the first show of the new year, and Matt has decided to mysteriously disappear. And while my initial thought was we should go round up Rockapella and maybe go on like a globetrotting event to find where in the world is Matt Scott, everyone else said just do the show. So here we are. Thankfully, uh, I have some very smart people uh, along the ride for me, uh, starting with Joe Whitaker from Origin Acoustics. Uh, thank you for joining us and Happy New Year. I'm glad to be on, and it's nice to actually have you as a host for a change. I never get you as a host. You're always in the background. I think you were here when I did the host first when Matt first disappeared, but I'll take it. Uh, also joining us is Patrick Norton from CTI. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. Also, just for transparency's sake, CTI is the parent company of AV Nation. So me and Patrick are co-workers. I work at CTI. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Starting first story, we have uh, CES 2024 uh, is actually by the time that this drops, it will be in the middle of it uh, up in Las Vegas. One of the biggest shows for consumer electronics, uh, big technology, um, really interesting stuff. Um, so I figured might as well start and go around the horn. Um, I'll start with Joe and ask, is there anything that you as either just and would be interesting as an integrator or personally that you think is really worth looking uh, at at the show so far that uh, has been released? Well, you know, I'm actually skipping CES this year, but I do pay attention to all of it because uh, me and um, Avi Rosenthal with Julie Jacobson hosted the CES preview for like a decade. So, you know, I still pay attention in that fashion to what's important to the integrators. Now, um, it will be a weird one uh, because you have a lot of um, devices that are trying to communicate together now. You'll see um, stuff out there that it has a gateway from one thing to another. There's a lock out there that uses matter to talk over thread, right? Thread, they tried to just wouldn't take off. So now they're using matter to kind of cross paths, right? It'll be like a universal translator. I don't think that's what they meant it to be, but when you look at it now, that's what it's starting to be, a universal translator. Finally, we have one. I hope it works. So if you're at CES, please go find it, email me, tell me if the stuff actually works. Um, then you're going to see a lot of those luxury consumer brands stepping out of their comfort zone or going further out like Kohler, right? They've got this new shower control that actually does music and has touch controls and lights and and it's waterproof and it goes inside the shower. So you're going to see a lot of those kind of trends. Uh, the big ones that I'm looking at are um, there's like some Apple integration with um, Tesla, uh, with their batteries and vehicles. And this goes back to things that people like me have said for a decade is, you know, residential technology is not only about the residents, but it's in all the places we live and everywhere we 
enjoy our lifestyle, which includes our car. You know, it's it's like fact that people are in their car uh, more than they are actually in their house. It's just is what it is. So we're starting to see a, a much more uh, of companies trying to reach out and turn it into lifestyle electronics, not just residential electronics. And there's going to be a lot of brands showing that this year. Then, of course, display technologies. You'll see some of the lower priced ones actually offering more now. TCL's got a big old 110 inch. Finally, there's an affordable 110 inch out there. I don't want to call it too affordable, but it's more affordable than anybody else's. And then you'll see those um, streaming service device brands starting to branch out like Roku TV. Um, Roku actually has their own 75 inch 4K QLED now. So you're going to see like this weird shift into consumer brands starting to embrace some of the upper echelon. Um, and as an integrator, you're going to want to look at can these things integrate into the systems that I'm currently deploying, like Control 4 Lawn, Crestron, et cetera, uh, which we know a lot of these can. So those are the highlights from the integrator's perspective. Look at those displays. Look at automotive and what how that's coming into control systems, even if it's just Apple. That just means everybody else is right around the corner. So keep an eye on all those things that actually are important to integrators and walk right past all the cell phone cases. Very nice. Same question to you, Patrick. Um, what uh, is there anything that looks interesting to you? There's always a lot of stuff that looks interesting to me. Um, you know, I'm still kind of fascinated. Uh, Joe mentioned that Hisense uh, 115 inch QM8 uh, mini LED TV. It's interesting to me that you're finally getting a well. You know, as as projector size screens get closer to more affordable, I mean, they're still a nightmare to hang, especially if you're a consumer. Um, and you can't retract them up in the ceiling and hide them from your children unless you get really creative with your installation. But it's uh, it's interesting to see these start to become more common or just exactly how ridiculously cheap what used to be considered a ridiculously large screen has gotten in the last couple of years. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what's going on with Matter uh, in a big way, Matter and Threads. Um, you know, the Google Home is being integrated into LG televisions as a smart home, um, which is more, you know, DIY than, than traditional resi, but it's kind of fascinating to me to watch like matter was put together and burst and it had this long, difficult delivery and it's finally out. And it seems like the biggest challenge with matter is all the people that helped create matter actually making their devices functional properly with matter, which seems to be a big hairball problem. Um, the, uh, uh, I thought it was fascinating that Samsung's following up the frame TV with a speaker um, or they call it the music frame, which looks a lot like a IKEA uh, Sonos Symphonisk uh, frame speaker, except it's more like the size of a, a record cover. I'm very curious to hear what that sounds like. Uh, it's fascinating to me. Uh, I'll be traveling with uh, with Tim Albright to CES later on tonight, assuming the storm doesn't shut down, you know, St. Louis and Chicago and everywhere else. But it's been fascinating to me to watch how much CES has shifted in the last decade. Um, it's been two or three years since I've attended. I haven't been since 2020. And it's wild to me because I started looking for a lot of vendors I've traditionally met with. And it's amazing to me how much of the consumer electronics industry is just gone uh, in terms of, you know, so audio or video companies that aren't Samsung, LG, Sony uh, size. Um, but uh, 
you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious. I always love hearing people talk up, you know, in theory, the Wi-Fi Alliance is certifying Wi-Fi 7 devices. I'm looking for somebody to actually, you know, explain to me why Wi-Fi 7 is necessary uh, in a way that actually doesn't make me laugh. Um, <laughs> in part because, you know, uh, Wi-Fi 6 and 6E seem to have been so slow. Uh, and I will also say I really want to see uh, uh, LG's transparent TV, um, mostly because I love watching the really weird stuff LG does with televisions. I don't know if I'd ever want it in my house, but I'm kind of really curious to see what it actually looks like mounted on a wall. Um, you know, it's one of those products where I'm like, I don't know what the point of this is, but gosh, it's cool to look at. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity to display it on a wall like it is a transparent led it should be i mean it probably would look terrible maybe that's the point if it were in the middle of a room but the whole transparency thing to me is that i can get behind it i don't want to say wow this is a really nice picture and also my paint looks nice you never know if you know they've got standalone against the wall and wall mount options so yeah um we'll see <laughs> i'm kind of curious like i always love going through like the lg and the samsung booth um, you know, I remember many, many years ago now, Samsung was debuting a new TV and they basically made a gigantic Fabergé egg of televisions. Um, so it's always kind of curious to see what they do and how they do it uh, and whether or not it actually tells you something about the product or if it's just some crazy display of look what we did at CES. Yeah. So, also, Kubota apparently is now there along with John Deere. So I'm curious to see what the Kubota John Deere technology fight looks like when i get there <laughs> i've heard this this is an intro that's a that's a rabbit hole that deserves its own like two-hour youtube um doc documentary but uh yeah i agree with that i'm curious on my part i'm kind of curious on nvidia they have some generative uh ai stock photo stuff um i use we use stock photos a lot. You might see them on the thumbnails. I do try to make them myself and, you know, it just kind of leans into AI as a tool, but I find it in interesting because it does feel like sometimes you're tooling into something like a Shutterstock to say, I want this thing, but I really want this. And it feels a lot easier to use and at least um, mess with. So I am interested in that. Uh Hi, this is Jennifer Goodyear and Erica Carroll. From, from the, the Women, Women in AV, AV podcast, podcast, where we are encouraged by the incredible stories of women in AV. Listen in on fun, empowering conversations as we chat with inspiring women, breaking barriers and creating their own path in the industry. Check out Women in AV on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Joe, as a, uh, for integrators, should how much should they be paying attention to the show is it not is it instead of or is it just the tech that we should know or is it also that they should know it so that the customers when they say hey i want a transparent led screen that they know what they're talking about it's it is a lot about that education it's it's a lot about that education of what those products are coming because they'll be able to answer those questions. And for pros, it's like, oh, yeah, you saw that in Best Buy. Well, here is the next step up or here's what you should be using and why instead of just buying it off of Amazon. The other thing is, is kind of what Patrick alluded to, is if you go and pay attention 
to the devices that are supporting Thread, look at Matter, all of these others, that means that very soon there will be an open API and those will work with Crestron and Control 4 and Elan and Biamp and QSys and everybody else because now there's an API and they're communicating, right? They lock it down at first and then the API goes out there and now it'll talk to other devices. It's it's like, it's a CES is a crystal ball. Half of it is garbage and you will never see. The other half, half is a roadmap for five years down the road, even on the automotive side, right? We will see this someday it will be mine. Um, you know, when uh, I forgot, it was like the year that Sony launched the their big 95 inch on tripod with, you know, ferrotic liquid speakers. And, you know, we saw that at CES and we're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Three years later, you could buy it. So that's what um, integrators need to look for. And the other thing is they really need to pay attention to the luxury residential brands whether it be washers or dryers, refrigerators, door locks, shower heads. Like if it's a luxury brand and has a bit of technology into it, they have to pay attention to it because our industry keeps growing to embrace stuff that we have no business messing with. But guess what? You're going to have to mess with it. So it's a great place to kind of get a sight of that ahead of time. It's been interesting uh, watching how the luxury, you know, luxury brands. Like, you know, I remember the first time I saw it was essentially it was a luxury toilet display at CES. And then slowly over time, a lot of traditional brands started adding in technology. I won't do like, for example, wireless door locks on my house because I've worked closely with a bunch of security professionals, uh, <laughs> all of whom, uh, I'm sure a couple of them use them, but, but it's been interesting to watch how people are trying so hard. It seems like people see it on CES and then they call their integrator and then they want it yep. installed in their house. And it seems like Joe, that you want to make sure people pay attention. So they're not going, Oh, LG does that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Patrick, um, you've had your share of CESs um, and Joe has as well. Um, I've only seen them on the outside looking in and my usual understanding of it is that I go, this is really nice technology. Um, the nice way to put it would be, it's very, uh, future minded. Uh, but the pessimist in me says, oh, 90% of it, it's total crap. It's, I'm never going to see it again. It may be the coolest thing you've ever heard of. And everyone goes, oh my God, you got to look at this thing. And that's the last you ever hear of it. Uh, has that changed at all? There's a lot less of that than there used to be. Um, I feel like there, there were a few years there, especially kind of in the, you know, somewhere between like 2005 and 2010. 2000, 2005, somewhere in there where there's a lot of stuff where it got like best of show, but never hit the market, you know, or flamed out when they tried to scale for production. Um, CES, CEA has changed CES so much in the last decade, um, you know, because it was always like, you know, first it was consumer electronics, then it was consumer electronics and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, PC manufacturers and gaming became really, really huge. And then it continued to shift. It is uh, as you know, certain companies pulled out. Uh, you know, Apple and Microsoft. Like Apple pulled out. I feel like Microsoft, you know, pulled out or scaled down radically. Uh, and as kind of their goals have changed, they started bringing in all of these companies that you would never really, you know, think of traditionally as tech. For example, John Deere. Now, agriculture 
you know, in general, you know, and John Deere are incredibly technical. It, it's amazing. Like people don't realize exactly how sophisticated the technology used, you know, in, in contemporary agriculture is because they think like, oh, he's got a farmer and a field and seeds. And, um, but yeah, there's some pretty spectacular stuff going on with, you know, centimeter accurate GPS and how they track things and everything that's going on there. And, you know, it's been fascinating from a, from a traditional kind of geek or gearhead or AV enthusiast. Um, it's changed a lot or it's diminished a lot, right? Most of the audio brands are gone. Um, you know, most of the non mainstream television manufacturers are gone. Um, you know, but there's still a ton of stuff out there to look at. And it's kind of fascinating to see what's going on at, at the high end of some of these industries. You know, a lot of it, you know, I, I was saying when we were talking to pre-show, like there's kind of, you know, one of the moments I have, like at least once every CES I go to, is I'll hit the kind of right section of a of a bunch of booths, and I'll realize everything I'm looking at is going to be in a landfill six months after somebody buys it, um, which is really depressing. <laughs> but you know, it's also it's amazing like how much, um, how, again, how much has changed, right? There's there's massive areas for Internet of Things. You know, smart television, not smart television, sorry, part, smart cities, which are really different from smart televisions. Um, I'm really curious to see what the automotive section looks like this year. And uh, like I said, it's just, you know, they've become very much focused on industries rather than companies and bundling them together in kind of an experience uh, in a way, you know, more so than they used to do in the past. Patrick and Tim Albright will be uh, headed there. So I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff to uh, uncover in the coming week. Our next story uh, comes to us from Residential Systems. Uh, Josh AI released their top 10 voice commands of 2023. Um, I won't go through the whole list. Uh, there's a 40 second video from Resi Systems that will show that everything that it does, it's very nice and clean. Uh, I'll shorten it down to the top three. We're the same as last year. Um, good night, turn on TV, turn on off lights. Um, the only difference between this year and the last is that last year there was what's the weather and what time is it where now it was goodbye and I'm home. Those were the two that changed. Uh, so personally, that sounds like an interesting, like last year was people kind of figuring out the thing and now the routines are starting to sink in and they're using it um, more for their home. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you. Um, what, what, can integrators glean uh from these kind of metrics like are we are you going to would they design a system around kind of the information that we're given here so the interesting thing about the article is the questions are the you know the queries to voice they're all the same ones that we're already used to like as an integrator you've used those same commands for keypad buttons remote presses touchscreens they're the same exact thing we've always known uh, I did get a good laugh at the article, though, because it's top, it's top uh, titled the top 10, right? Top 10 voice commands. And it takes you through from 10 to 1, like all articles do. But number one is actually just a closing of the article. So I guess there is no number one command um, for you to be able to say is the number one command, because that's the closing of the article. Um, but on the voice standpoint is we see what we already knew with Amazon Alexa and Google who were kind of first to market first to actually launch into people's houses is that these are very simple commands. 
which leads me to believe that the integrators that are utilizing and leveraging Josh are not taking full advantage of what Josh can actually do, right? You saw a couple of them in that article, goodbye or good night or I'm home, right? Those are macros. Those are scenes that trigger more than one event. But when one of the top two are just, you know, set the slats and the shades to 50%, that is very micro, right? They're not taking full advantage of you walk into the room and just say, I would like 50% of light um, or whatever the case would be, you know, make the light comfortable and it changes the slot slats. It changes the can lights. It, you know, it does all those things together. It's very, you look at that article and you're like, I programmed those buttons on a URC remote in 1998, right? Um, it's, it's the same exact thing. Uh, it's nice that they do have a remote now, by the way, just saying, um, that they can actually do tactile stuff, but it's still very basic. And I, I don't think that integrators are really grasping yet, um, that they could do so much more when these are the top commands that are pulled, um, from all the systems that are out there. So Josh could do a lot more integrators could do a lot more. I think they should do a lot more. This article leads me to believe that they're, they're just not yet. So Patrick, kind of on that same point, um, I mean, this is, it's, I would argue this is a million dollar question because if you could answer it, it would be, you should just do voice control stuff. But with voice control, he's right. The stuff that we see are very basic commands. Um, when I saw this article, what I thought was um, kind of akin to like a survivorship bias kind of thing where we're seeing all the successful commands. We're not kind of seeing the stuff that, they tried to ask for, hey, can I do this thing? And it it said, oh, I don't know. I'm going to search this. Here's all these facts about the stuff. How how can you design a, can we design a voice system that kind of caters to that? What are we, what are we missing for um, in voice assistance? So in some ways, I'm probably the worst person to ask this because my wife has a standard uh, no voice activated devices in the house policy. Every so often I'll sneak one in that invariably the kids will start using it in front of her. It's not a bad policy to have. It's a thing. <laughs> it, it is what it is. But it's it's funny because like I hear what Joe's saying, like, you know, these are very granular. I can also see this situation where the client is like, I just wanted to do this, you know why can't it just do this? And, and, you know, then they turn around and they set it up. So it'll do just that. Right. You know, cause it's, it's funny cause Josh AI in theory, it's supposed to create a laugh about there being the top 10 because like when I read about it, I've never had a chance to experience it, but I read about it, you know, and it's supposed to be using like, you know, be it's using AI to, to do natural language. This is great. So I can, you know, my cousin in Southie can talk at it. My, you know, my cousins in, you know, uh, you know, Florida with their peculiar accents can talk at it, um, you know, and in there, you know, I like the idea that it's supposed to be able to understand what you're saying and translate it because, you know, I go back to, you know, points where you had to use very specific language in very specific ways without any stress in your voice for voice automated things to work. So I love the idea that it's kind of a, you know, a kinder, gentler, looser voice command system. But I think in a lot of cases, people just want, really granular controls in some cases, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, it would be fun to like talk to some of the developers that are working in this and see what they run into. Like, you know, do they survey the developers? What are the situations they run into? Um, 
I don't know. I am curious. Well, we do have Alex Capsulatro uh, on as a semi-regular guest, so I'll have to schedule a time, make an intersection there between uh, you and him, because I think that would be an interesting conversation. If we record it or not, that's an entirely different story. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you, guys. This is a fun way to start the new year. Um, exciting things are happening, especially with CES. Um, so let me uh, start with you, Patrick. Uh, thank you for joining us. How can you find you or maybe CTI or whatever you're doing? I don't know over CTI.com uh, and uh, read the blogs we're putting up there. Probably the best place to head. Thank you so much. Joe, thank you for joining us. Uh, how can we find you either at Origin Acoustics or any sort of trade shows like ISE? So uh, you can find me on all the socials at Joe Whitaker, at Real Joe Whitaker. You can always find us at originacoustics.com. You can also find us doing some big stuff at ISE this year. We will be hosting an event um, party with a meet and greet and some other stuff at the exact same location as we did last year in Barcelona. Um, this time we're going to actually provide uh, the music and such there. So you'll be able to see our Origin Pro speakers and amplifiers in action at the show. Um, which will be extremely something different we're doing. And uh, I hope to see you guys there at ISC in Barcelona. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that. Um, as for me, Mitch Tulin, don't follow me. I don't do anything exciting on this place. I have a, a single book. And by that, I mean literally a single book. That's, that's, a, that's the only print that exists. Um, so instead, maybe focus on the AV part. Go to avnation.tv. Uh, check out shows like Resi Week, like AV Week, uh, State of Control with Steve Greenblatt, all kinds of stuff. Um, while you're there, check out our underwriters. Those are the guys that are responsible for keeping the lights on, as it were. Uh, and we're thankful for them. Uh, also, check out our ISE 2024 uh, preview stuff. We've been doing one every weekday of, show, of people who are coming to the show and what they've got. And it's been very exciting. It's also been very stressful for me because I have to edit all this. But that's beside the point if you want to see those that would make me happy because then my work would be appreciated uh that will be everything for this thank you for watching this is all we had time for resi week the network for the av industry what are you listening to this this is av this 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 is, is av nation. nation this is av nation